Hi guys, welcome to the Powerful AF Podcast. My name is Bracey Dutton and I share on the internet how I healed my food addiction by ditching toxic thoughts and ingredients. This podcast is all about empowering you with the knowledge to get on the other side of food addiction. A lot of it has to do with food and a lot more of it has to do with healing our mindset. We'll talk about healing trauma, getting rid of those nasty limiting beliefs that are holding us back and how to fully step into your power and own your life. So if that sounds like something you're interested in, keep listening. All right, guys, I'm so excited to be back with another episode and another badass guest. I have Paul Kepnick here with me today, and I met Paul through cold water exposure therapy. Uh, When we moved here to Wisconsin, me and Jonathan were seeking guidance on how to get in the frozen lake. And I posted on a Facebook group, and I got connected with him, and I don't think I could have been connected with a better person. He is a professional at cold water exposure, and he actually holds a record for the most consecutive days in Lake Michigan, 600 consecutive days. And he got in on a record coldest day. Um, You'll have to remind me what the degree was of that, but he also founded Cold Water Effect, where he supports people in cold water therapy. He does breath work and I'm going to let him tell us more about everything that he does. And we're going to have a really great conversation today about how we can utilize cold water therapy and other modalities to regulate our nervous system and heal and level up and become better versions of ourselves, giving ourselves grace along the way, but understanding that they're are ways and practices that we can heal and, you know, create the life that we want to create. So Paul, if you will tell us a little bit more about yourself and how did you get into all of this? Oh, well, thank you first for having me on. I, I, it's very serendipitous that this all happened kind of, um, just reaching out through Facebook and connecting there, but I really appreciate it. And, um, I, I got all, I got into this because I think a lot of like a lot of people, I suffered a lot of hurt and a lot of pain in my life. Um, and seeking answers, right? Feeling stuck. And, and my story in, in particular, um, you know, I came from a small town in, in Wisconsin, uh, by Lake Geneva and Elkhorn. And, you know, doing a lot of my trauma work, I, I can kind of understand these things, but I was, you know, that athlete, that small town athlete, small town football hero. Right. And that's how I kind of identified myself and how I found love through this external validation, which served me really well. Like that competition, it, it, it really propelled me forward, um, to a point until the stress and the load got really, um, uh, it got, it got too much. And, and so I went to, I was in veterinary school, uh, at, in Illinois, I, I was, um, working for the department of Homeland security and infectious disease control and transmission at, at Plum Island. Um, everything was going great, but like all this internal pressure and stress and everything just, I cracked, I cracked under it all. And I ended up failing out of school, 
six months before graduation. Every my whole entire identity was was in this career, into this education, into how people were going to view me. And I had this huge mental health breakdown, a ton of emotional stress, a ton of, and it was very, very traumatic. And I tried to go get help and they gave me medication and, and the medication made me get even more dysregulated into a manic episode, um, further mental health breakdown, wound up homeless, wound up getting in legal tr trouble, getting arrested, getting thrown in jail for a night. Um, that being publicly shamed all over the newspapers nationally. It wasn't even, it was, I joyrided a, a car that hurts my reputation, but sharing our stories can be empowering. So, um, but it was broadcast everywhere. I was this huge disgrace and I was totally at the bottom. And at one point I was like, I don't, I'm not worth living anymore. Life isn't worth living anymore. And such a deep, dark pain of hurt. And I said, I, I don't know what I was going to do. And I ended up going and taking a cold shower one day. And this was back in 2014, 2015, not that long ago, not that long ago. And um, it made me feel better. And I didn't understand it now. And I, and because I wasn't intentional about it. It was just because of that's what was going on. And suddenly I kind of started getting back on my own feet and doing some menial work. And again, the depression came back, the stress came back, the pressure came, came back and I, I was miserable. I was toxic in my relationships. I was insecure. Um, again, feeling just depressed and, and isolated and alone. And I said, I have to do something like I can't live my life like this anymore. I have to find a way to be able to, I want to manifest and create the life that I, I deserve. I feel like it should be having right now. Like this isn't the life I'm supposed to be having. And so I said, I'm going to manifest and create the life that I want. And I'm going to use cold water immersion to do it. And so I started studying, you know, using my medical background and understanding the effects it has on my body and, and, and with the idea that if I can change my relationship to stress, then I can change my like a physical stress in the water. If I can change that response and reaction, I can be able to handle stress of everyday life. I can be able to handle emotional stress. And so that's what I started working on. And I started going to Lake Michigan every single day, you know, 600 days in a row. Right. And when I, and I started that in 2019 and in six or in, in three months, in 90 days from me starting, I went from being this menial handyman to being the vice president of my company, 90 days, right? And so I'm like, holy, holy cow. And I knew that this back four or five years ago, I'm like, this is going to be cold water is going to be the next big thing because of it's changing our relationship to our nervous system. It's allowing us to be increase the resilience and, and 
go and step and do some hard things and, and be able to, to, to respond differently and to really stressful environments. And I'm like, Holy cow, this is going to be big. And I thought like, Oh, and I got married and my whole life kind of changed. And then, you know, I got to the top and I was like, I'm miserable. I'm like, what is going on? And so I realized like what I was really called to do is to use all of my experiences in my, in my knowledge and my, my passion to teach people not only this practice, but how to apply this practice to life. So I created cold water effect to teach cold water, to get people involved in cold water immersion, start becoming aware of it, but then really started to develop the coaching practice um, that I, it's, it's a functional resilience coaching program where um, we, I do an integrative model of, it's not just, um, you know, learning how to, regulate our present but how do we go and find those root cause issues that are holding us back and then what are the steps to be able and the strategies to move us forward and and so that we can become resilient as fuck so that we can we know that that stress is coming we know that hardship is coming but how can we face that with grace with 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 resilience how can we build that resilience so that we are able to withstand and thrive instead of just keeping surviving so i use different modalities with cold water transformational breath work i'm certified in transformational breath work and then teach people all around the world on 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 approaches and an integrative approach on how to how do we um, become more resilient by using our nervous system to our advantage and stop working against us. Amazing. And this is what I'm here today. Yeah. <laughs> and it really takes understanding it, right? I, I'm a firm believer that we can never be educated and informed enough. So when we understand how our nervous system works, and like you mm -hmm. said, how to work with it, because these aren't things we're taught in school. I don't know. There might be a reason for that. I don't know. But, um, you know, if we understood the way that our body works, the way that our brain works, the way that these systems work, I think that, you know, we'd be better off. And I, I think it's you and I's purpose in this world to raise awareness and educate people so that humanity can continue to evolve and move forward. I mean, we're in this huge space of evolution right now understanding yeah. how these computer systems function and how to program them and reprogram them in a way and what I hear you saying and it's very similar to my experience like I was in survival mode for mm -hmm. so long and I think so many people are just in survival mode one day at a time chronically stressed chronically anxious chronically unhappy and just seeking relief that it's not working so how does our nervous system work and how does cold therapy support our nervous system yeah no that's 100 percent. like the first step is always understanding what our nervous system is doing our nervous system is constantly perceiving our environment right and so we 
when things are difficult or challenges or we're stressed or something comes up, there's different layers of our nervous system. And this all is new, right? This is some cutting edge, new neurobiology and things like that. So our nervous system is set up in, in three different parts, right? The, we have our, let's just go back to basics. So it's, it's, we have this sympathetic branch, which is our fight or flight response. This is what's causing heart rate to increase, our blood pressure to increase, us to breathe really fast. You know, think about anxiety, what you feel like when you have anxiety. It's it's those types of responses. Our muscles start to contract, our blood starts to to flow in different areas. This is our nervous system saying, Hey, we got to move. We have to get out of a a, a stressful situation. We have to do something about this fight or flight, right? And then we have uh, our parasympathetic nervous system, which is our rest and digest with, and repair, right? And um, so where most of us are at, we live in this stage of chronic stress and chronic health and chronic disease, right? And what they're finding is that it's stemming from this inflexible nervous system Right. We're stuck on fight or flight mode, which causes us our heart rates to be elevated all the time, which causes us to, you know, not it, it stops our digestion. Right. It's it it brings glucose out and just is like pumping it into our bodies and 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 not allowing insulin to come out to like counteract that. Right. So we're living in these heightened states of fight or flight that are constantly on that we're perceiving as panic or anxiety or, or, and it's just reinforcing this loop. Right. And we're never allowing ourselves to get back into a state of safety of rest and digest. Um, And, and that is what's causing a lot of these symptoms of what we're going through. We've just confused them. Right. So it's, you know, that the not being able to concentrate the, the, the attention, the ADHD symptoms, the, the depression, the anxiety, the PTSD, the addiction. These are all symptoms. They're not the problems. And we've been, we've been, we've been treating symptoms over and over and over and coping with symptoms and realizing that, it's just because we've become dysregulated. We just got stuck into a a fight or flight mode and understand we have the ability through breath to start deactivating that system and start coming back into a, a lower state. And so what cold water does and how it applies is, is that, we intentionally go into a, a cold water and activate that sympathetic nervous system. We, we feel what that feels like in our body. We, we keep our mind intact and say, oh, this is what fight or flight feels like. Yep. And now we're going to concentrate on how to counteract it consciously through breath, right? How can we stay inside of this tension and be able to regulate ourselves out so that because once we regulate out, our body is like, oh, we're not dying? No. I'm in, we're in control. Oh, I'm controlling. I'm safe? Yeah. I adapt. I respond. 
right? And now that a lot of these processes are, usually are, are subconscious and are automatic, they're reactions, right? We're not even thinking about it and we have this reaction. And what cold water does is just puts us in tune with what those, that stress response is and saying, okay, that's okay. We're going to acknowledge it. And now we're just going to feel it, but now we're going to respond differently. And if we can start conditioning ourselves to respond to, to that sympathetic nervous system getting activated and how we can come out of it faster, now we can start creating that fitness and interrupting that, that pattern and creating new uh, wiring in our brains to start noticing it before it becomes this chronic issue, right? So we can say, oh, this is panic. This is how, this is how I respond to it. And now we can, if you condition that long enough, now it becomes automatic. So now where you can go into a really scary situation in real life and our body automatically comes back into regulation so that we can function so that we can do something and we don't get taken out. So that is, that is the practice of cold water immersion and the science goes on and on and, and I love it so much. And, and, but once we can kind of start becoming friends with our nervous system and, and realizing we have that control and power, then we can start going into peak performance and utilizing some of these other parts and bringing other parts of our lives in and saying, oh, I'm going to use it for, you know, to, to optimize my dopamine levels, to, to optimize my recovery to optimize my heart rate variability, right? And all these things are so connected. So it's just really getting attuned into our bodies. And then, and then how can we start shifting the stories that we have surrounding this feeling so that we can start changing that emotional regulation with our nervous system regulation? And then we have the ability to move forward. What I hear like the whole time is exposure therapy. <laughs> like exposing yourself to the pain mm -hmm. and that's I avoided cold water therapy for so long just like I avoid everything else that's scary and not everything right because I've done some scary shit but that was a big thing that I didn't not believe in the benefits it was mm -hmm. just so scary to think about doing that and one of the most impactful things anyone has ever said to me was when you were coaching us, getting us ready to get in. And you said, <laughs> don't give your pain a voice. And you mm -hmm. said that because you had watched my past videos where I'm like screaming and, and when I'm doing cold water, a plunge. And I made a post about that and people were commenting like, this doesn't make sense. Like some of the greatest artists by giving their pain a voice, it's giving it an out. But I was like, no. This is different because the reason for the cold water therapy is to change how I react to stressful situations. And my automatic is to scream and throw a fit and freak the fuck out. And that's not regulating, right? Will you tell us more about when you said that, why, why you said that to not give my pain voice? not get a lot. I, this is very controversial. And so I'm going to explain it. That's going to make sense. And it's going to everyone's tension. Okay. Exactly. What so I not giving your pain of voice is not, not acknowledging 
right? Not acknowledging pain, right? We want to acknowledge pain. We want to acknowledge what's going on in our body. It's not giving that power over you, right? Your pain does not have power over your situation, right? Your pain is neither good nor bad. It's just the story that the power that we give it is now coloring the experience of what, whether we think it's good or whether we think it's bad. So if you go into the cold and you're like, this is going to suck. This hurts. I hate it. I can't do it. That's exactly what's going to happen, yeah. right? If you say this cold doesn't have feelings, cold isn't trying to hurt you, right? It's, it just is cold is, it just is. So we can acknowledge that, Hey, this is going to be cold, but we're not going to assign it some power of like, or some meaning, right? That's, or your identity to your pain. That's what not giving your pain a power your, your power is, is because when you start assigning your identity to your pain, well, now you're just riding the roller coaster. You're riding your suffering, right? I am happy. I am sad. I am awesome today and I'm terrible tomorrow because you're assigning your identity to your circumstance when it's, it's, it's a neutral thing. So when you, that whole thing, don't give, um, don't give your pain a voice. It's really saying, don't give power to the pain Um, because what power you give your experience, whatever it is, is that's what your experience is going to be. So we have to just be really careful. And, but that's the choice we get to make is like any experience that we have doesn't have to be good or bad. It's where we get, we assign it meaning and power is going to, that's what it's going to be. So, so that is what I mean by not your pain avoid. Just acknowledge the pain, acknowledge it. Just don't, just don't give it pain and power over you. Yeah. Right. Like sit with it. Right. And I mean, I, that was exactly what I needed to hear. And I, because that was like the turning point for me in not hating it so much, which that's what I feel now. But after we did that, I didn't get back in for a long time. Um, so that's interesting. But um, yeah, it's now I'm able to do it. And although I have this slight hesitation because I know that the first like 60 seconds my body is like what in the hell are you doing like get me out of here immediately this is not okay but man after that 60 seconds like you said it's like the bliss point where that what is it what's happening what's happening at that point when you finally surrender so when you access that vagus nerve when you start getting into that adaption when you start feeling safe right your your prefrontal cortex is coming back online so at first, first go in there, there's a bunch of reasons and it's our monkey mind going crazy. And so we're going to shut that off and we're going to, oh, this like, that's what that fight or flight response does. It shuts it off. But then we're going to come back on. Our body is going to adapt and our prefrontal cortex and our vagus nerve have the most amount of opioid receptors in our entire body. 
right? So when we activate this stuff, right? Number one, you're getting a do huge dopamine surge, the same amount of dopamine in cold water as you get in with cocaine, yeah. but not just a, a fast cocaine dopamine hit. Right. It's, it, it's gradual and long lasting up to like three to six hours. Right. So it's this big dopamine hit. It's this adrenaline rush. All the endorphins are kicking in. The natural opioids are binding to these areas and you're because you feel safe. And those are the feelings of safety and connectedness that were that when we activate this in polyvagal theory, it's called the um, the ventral vagal system, this this place where we are feeling activated and joyful and connected and co-regulated in community right and safety right safety like when we finally start feeling safe all of those happy hormones start just dumping out right and you and you've done something so that's where that dopamine also floods in and says wow you accomplished something and i want to motivate you to do this again and again and again mm. Mm. yeah it's amazing it's a it's one of the most impactful things I've done. And <laughs> um, yeah, so we talk about how me and you both agree that addiction is a symptom of something deeper. And a lot of these things we experience, like, I'm so glad you spoke about ADHD because my God, it's like the most hottest topic right now. Um, I believe ADHD is a symptom um, and you know, a lot of these diagnoses we're receiving are symptoms. So how can cold water support the symptom of addiction? And let's go deeper into that idea of, you know, there's something else at the root that's exposing itself through in the symptoms. Right. So addiction is... I want people to know right now with addiction that there's so much shame associated with it. Yeah. And what, what you should, I want, I'm trying to, I want to drive this point home Yeah. is that our nervous systems are always trying to tell us, you know, what's wrong. There's some dysregulation and that, that you're, you're, you don't have the addiction is not the problem. You're just dysregulated and your reaction to your dysregulation is you've been really, really great in survival. Mm -hmm. Really great. Like this is, this is a normal response. Addiction is a normal response to you going through something really, really, really difficult and really, really hard. It's our bodies trying to regulate. And for us to understand that there are no bad responses, right? There's, they're, they're maladaptive, right? I mean, they have long-term negative associations and that we want to try to work on. But your response to this dysregulation for the resources you have, you're just doing the best that you can right. to cope of, and, and you're coping with this, right? So that's, that's that first thing is like, the problem isn't you. It's not your fault. Your nervous system's dysregulated. So the, the solution is, well, we got to start learning how to regulate our nervous system. 
So how you know how do we start? How do we do that? Right? How do we regulate that nervous system? Because once we once that um that injury goes away, right? The symptoms start stop going or start going away, right? So we don't. And and this is really difficult. Um, there's a lot of different layers on this, but what how cold water can help with this, and how I've used this with people with addiction before is understanding right and and it's about becoming aware and not just becoming aware of of your nervous system and how that's working in your body but what resistance is coming up how can we develop a higher version of ourselves and how can we start acting in a different way right and acknowledging that resistance like why don't i don't want to go in the cold water yeah i know you don't okay thank you Thank you for letting me know. You're just trying to keep me safe. All those words and all that fighting inside of you is just trying to protect you, right? This is a gift. These feelings are a gift. These responses are a gift. They're trying to give you something, right? So it's like, don't go in there. It's going to be cold. I want you to survive. Okay, but now we're ready to grow because we understand that this is maladaptive. This is having bad consequences in our life. So we have to come up with different solutions. So going into cold water, we can start practicing. Here's resistance. How do we start viewing that? How do we stop giving that pain the voice? How do we start giving that voice a voice? Mm. It's called meta-awareness, right? You're kind of seeing yourself above it. How can I keep moving forward? And then how can I notice what my, my nervous system feels like? And then how can I change it? Like how do, how do I practice? It's the emotional fitness side. Yeah. How do I start feeling safe in inside the tension, inside of these feelings? And, and then we get to play into like the the physiology, right? So it works really well with with addiction because of this dopamine, right? Mm -hmm. This elongated dopamine response. We can start doing that dopamine replacement. Yeah. And you know, especially you know, food addiction is right, of course, of course, it's it's a great coping mechanism it's super effective in coping because what's the opposite of fight or flight and stress rest and digest so we go to food because if we're eating it sends signals to our body that we're not in danger because we're not eating when we're when we're getting chased by a saber-toothed tiger right we're not like we don't have like oh, i i oh i forgot to eat my 10 a.m snack while i'm getting chased by a lion i need to make sure i eat that no we're we use food because it's it's hacking our mind to go into rest and digest. And also we use sugar because not only sugar is like addictive in and of itself, but what's addictive to it is like, it's, it has um, analgesic effects. It actually numbs pain. Mm. Mm. And that's what we're seeking, right? So it, so the question, we start reframing alongside yeah. of cold water. Any idiot, that's one thing that I try to teach. Any idiot can go into cold water. It's our approach, right? So it's it's how, what we're thinking. So we want to start reframing all these, these different stories that we're telling as we're doing it, as the practice, so that we can start asking ourselves, like, you know, it's not the addiction. Why stop asking yourself, why am I addicted? It's why the pain, where's the pain? Yeah. Where does the pain 
show up in my body? How can I start being aware of that pain? What is that? What story am I telling myself of my pain? What power? When that starts, that's that integrative model of, okay, now I can start understanding it. So this is what I use cold water to do is, one, help you become an ally with your nervous system and stop fighting it. And then how can we start, once we start getting on board with our nervous system, now we can start going deeper and peeling back layers of, of working with courage and working with vulnerability and learning to let go, understanding, oh, this is where it hurts and this is the pain. Where is that coming from? What is this trying to tell me? Learning how to listen to it. And then how do we let go of that? Mm. Um, yeah. A, and, it's, and it works in our... I learned this while I was in the cold water and I'm a lot of us will go into the cold water and we try to control our experience and we're, we're going to hold on to this pain and we get all tense. And I said, I'm like, what, the more I fight this cold, the colder I'm getting. Mm. I'm like, what if I just learned how to be compassionate with it and say, this is just like, what if I let go of my control? When I let go of my control, that's when all the control came to me. So teaching people what how, what vulnerability feels like, what letting go of control feels like physiologically, like in your body. What does it, what does that feel like? Because if your subconscious can understand that, now we can start working with our cognitive brain and start like, oh, this is what that feels like. This is, I don't have to take this on. I'm just gonna let it go, give up control. I'm gonna let go of this control, and the more I let go of what I'm afraid of, the more I'm going to gain control of that back in my life. Yeah, that's amazing. And it's such an amazing tool because I think when we talk about letting go of control in, you know, certain situations in life, like parenting or relationships or work, or, you know, all of those stressful thoughts in our head, that is, difficult especially if that's how we've been living our life for 30 40 50 60 years and it's an automatic so I love the modality of cold water because it's a way to practice it that has nothing to do with all of that stuff like it allows mm -hmm. you to practice that and like you said then you take that into your life and I I like how you talked about when we before we hit record you were talking about um shoot what did you call it? Yeah, your window of tolerance, expanding mm -hmm. your window of tolerance. Will you tell us a little bit about that? Because that's yeah. So about. the so the cutting edge neuroscience out there, it's polyvagal theory. Stephen Porges um, developed this theory uh, about those different stages of our nervous system, right? So we've got that green, that ventral vagus nervous system. That's make that's we're safe. We are um, connected. We're joyful, right? That's that's that really good place we have the sympathetic nervous system which is the fight or flight the anxiety stuff the panic um and then we have got the red which is the um the dissociation the the depression the detachment right the avoidance right that's where we're immobilized and so each one of these systems kind of gets activated by what we're going through, our experiences, our stress level. And 
what happens is each each layer is like a different amount of challenge. So green is like, I don't really have a lot of challenge and everything is great and I'm having fun. Green and right uh, orange or, or green and yellow are like, I'm having fun and I'm motiv- and I'm moving. It's movement. So it's it's doing something new. It's play, right? That's a really great place to be in mm-hmm. where you feel a little bit of stress, but you're also feeling safe and um, connected. And so you're able to go and do stuff. And then you start getting into lower ones where uh, there's too much challenge. And now I'm anxious and now I'm panicked because I don't have the resources. And, and then red is the dorsal ventral system where it's like so much challenge that you just shut down, right? We just get depressed and we just like run away and hide. Um, so this window of tolerance, right, is is showing us our flexibility of our nervous system. So it's how when we go into these activated states, this hyper arousal, right, or the hypo arousal, that detachment, right? It's how can we start training ourselves in our fitness in our in our nervous system, in our emotions. On can we go into the hyper arousal, but not too high and then come back into safety? Or if I'm feeling detached, how do I come back into the normal zone, right? So it's, it's stretching, right? It's comfort zone stretching. We want to, the f- resilience is all about how much can we get out of our, um, our window of tolerance? How can we get activated a little bit more than we're, what we're used to and then come back into safety? And then do that again and then come back into safety. It's all about coming back into regulation because if you go into outside your comfort zone too much, then all of a sudden dysregulation and you shut down and right. So it's how do you do small incremental steps to push and then come back into safety, right? That's a disconfirming experience. That's going to start retraining the the old stories the old patterns when you have new proof that you can go outside and come back safely and it's good mm-hmm. right and so that window of tolerance is is we want to start increasing that window of tolerance which is going to give your nervous system more flexibility to respond the way that you want to and to be able to come back online and and um, so that you can go and do hard things without and become a little dysregulated but not be completely you know self-sabotage and and wiped out and knocked down to the the floor or dissociate so much where you know you're hiding and and you're going back to old patterns Mm. so fascinating and i'm having an aha moment because i've had those experiences where the high is like too high and then i Mm -hmm. come crashing down that happened to me Last year, I went viral on social media and all of a sudden, within like a month, I had hundreds or over 100,000 followers and I had all of this shit happening and I came crashing down like Mm -hmm. severely. And that is like the most real experience I've had with that now that I have this awareness of what was happening. So what do you do? Like after you realize you've crashed and you're like, okay, I got to get myself up out of this kind of like 
whole, how do you, and I'm asking for myself and anyone else who needs to know, like, how do you start getting yourself back to this? Because I want to, I want to feel good more often Mm -hmm. than I'm feeling right now. You know, like I don't need to be high all the time, but I'm tired of like such severe highs and lows, if that makes sense. Yeah. 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 The the first thing, the first step to all this, number one is you have to have support. Yeah. There there is no, there is no more lone wolf in this anymore. And, and we see this all the time. Like, and that's why the old models aren't working. All those people who say, go and crush it, go and do everything. You just got to face your fears. You've got to don't feel your feelings and just go after it. It doesn't work. Right. Well, that's these what I did. And then I was like, all, Oh God, what did I do? Right. Even, <laughs> even any, all these modalities as well, like it's it, using them alone don't work because they're top-down approaches. They're, they're overriding your nervous system. Right. And you're just going, 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 and that works for a, a while and you can find success, but all of a sudden, like if you're doing it all on your own, the weight of everything st- it's, it'll shut it, you burn out yeah you burn out and then and that's where relapse happens right that's why people can be sober for and override for 20 years and then all of a sudden you know philip seymour hoffman 20 years sober dies of a heroin overdose like yeah. it's yeah. that's how we can't do it on our own so we have yeah. to find support whether that's a coach whether that's a mentor whether that's a, a therapist whether that is a, a group but that but that is that support has to be in a safe and connected and co-regulated way right you have to be able to feel safe in that you have to have that mutual respect it can't just be someone telling you just like go right. after it right but it has to be where you feel safe in, 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 in those relationships where you can feel vulnerable and someone can say, Hey, I got you. Mm-hmm. I got you. So that when we do fall, which we, uh, we will, yeah. right. Is, is we have that support to say, and it's this whole theory about like allostatic load. When we have a big hill to climb, we're doing it by ourselves. We're like, I can't do that. Like, there's no way I can do that. But if you have a friend next to you, the research shows that if you have just a friend next to you, like, Hey, I think we can do this. Right. We get to share the load. We get to share the suffering. We get, mm-hmm. and we get to, sh- we get to amplify the, the successes. Yeah. So having that group and that's, and we're seeing this right now, right? Everyone is looking for someone that they can relate to, that they can connect to, and they want a community to be able to be there for them. It's not just this, guru stuff it's it's how can we all come together and do this together so that's a uh, a big first thing is like okay do i have effective and um a support system that i can co-regulate with so when things get hard i can be vulnerable and share and and be supported and be nurtured and and um that they can keep me accountable right and that's like Uh, a that's like a forever thing right in my opinion like I don't think you should ever go without that person or that group because we're never like there's no finish line 
in this life. <laughs> so right. I agree completely. And I can see now, like, that is something that happened is I actually went into, like, when I started up the hill, I had someone. And then not long after I started, I didn't. So then I was just mm -hmm. in it. I had my partner who's incredibly supportive and we help each other a lot, but it wasn't a coach, you know, like your partner can only coach you. So sometimes we don't right. want to be coached by our partner. Yeah. So yeah. I was just a lone wolf and I was a coach to so many people and I didn't have my own. And yeah, mm -hmm. I agree wholeheartedly that that is so, so important. And, and because new levels, when we, when our lives start becoming better when we get to that next level right we have new sets of challenges new sets of struggles and all of that old defensiveness right you we might have changed our set point but now we're going we have to do all the work that we did to get there now that's just maintenance right and now everything gets more, more complex so we have new stresses new struggles we have to start the system all over again it's it's a spiral up and each level gets harder. So we have to have that effective support because yeah. they say new level, new devil, yeah. right? They're like all the old, like you're going to get up here and then you're going to be like, it's not like I have it now I can relax. It's like, no, it, it just, it just got started. And yeah. now all of these old defenses are going to come back up. Yeah. All of this old worry, all this, this anxiety is now it's going to come back even harder and even stronger and that's where it and that's why we can't lone wolf it anymore because it's like as each as we grow up it gets more difficult and we just can't we just can't hold all that together that's why they say you know your your friends you know predict your future and and yeah. it's your support system who's pulling you up <clears throat> yeah and who's supporting you from underneath yeah, that's important because if you have more people in your life who are telling you that you can't do that and that's 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 too out there and you're crazy like that I've had that experience too and and you know you can only if you don't have people that are supporting you outweighing the people in your life who are doubting you it's really easy to doubt yourself because that energetic pool is greater um that's so important and I'm thinking to myself like no wonder people don't go after their dreams because we think that it's just some finish line. But like you said, new level, new devil. And it's, there's always more work to do. And I think yep. we're all seeking this, like, when am I going to get there? Like when I get there, I'll be happy. And let me tell you, it's not real. It's, it's always something, but like you said, it's so much more enjoyable when you have a community and a support system there with you. Mm -hmm. And then, and then the next thing is like you, if you're the next part is is self regulation and and doing your emotional work. If you're not looking for your root cause issues, yeah, you're, it doesn't matter what modality that you do, no matter what tool set that you have, it's not going to work. It, it's it will not work. Right. And I can tell you that right now, because like, you know, there's a lot of modalities out there. It's like, just change your thoughts, change your mind, change your life, change your story. Uh, you know, with your and your group, like, just stop eating. Just stop. Like, <laughs> right. And if our body's not on board, if we haven't done that emotional work, if we haven't done that somatic work, if we haven't looked into that, um, 
your body's like, fuck you. Yeah. You. It, like how many times have you given yourself self affirmations and your body just says, shut up. No, yeah. you're not. Absolutely. Right. And yeah. <laughs> so, so going in and finding that root cause issue makes, makes the road so much faster because you just, otherwise you're just coping. Right. It's like a, it's like a pressure cooker. You're just using modalities to release the pressure. Mm. And then you switch to higher level coping or like, so it's like addiction. We're like, we're using food to just relieve the pressure. And we're like, well, we can't do that anymore. Cause that's not sustainable. It's having all these negative outcomes. Then you're like, okay, I'm going to you know, eat salads. I'm going to eat healthy. And then you just are, you're using that to cope and it's unsustainable. So, but, but by going and actually delving in and, and being brave enough to finding that support, to do the emotional work and finding the root cause of what dysregulated you in the first place, then like we're going in and we're actually just turning off the heat of that pressure cooker. So now you don't have to cope. And how many of us have like, oh, I, I, uh, you know, I'm going to yoga like four times a week because like my relationship's shitty and like I'm having panic attacks and maybe your nervous system's just saying like, get out of the fucking relationship. And once the relationship is, you don't have to go to yoga anymore. Right. Right. So but then there's the deeper sense, right? Where you get out of that relationship and then you find yourself back in a very similar relationship. So like, what had you get in that type of relationship in the first place if all your sure. relationships look the same <laughs> get out of the relationship and then figure out and then do your own self work to understand yeah. right working on your why don't i feel valued right why am i getting why am i having these behaviors what pain am i trying to what am i projecting right, right? and you can't do that unless you're in you understand your nervous system and your regulation and you can and you can go deep into that and then you can oh you know i'm projecting this i don't feel worthy so how do we start working on worth yeah how do we start envisioning what do, would a worthy person do in the situation to give that to yourself bring you all on board bring your nervous system on board and making your ally to push you forward you're not repeating that same suffering cycle over and over and over again so that's what i and it's different for everyone right yeah. Like, yeah. Beware of coaching modalities that tell you that like here's my system. Yeah. And if you just follow these steps, like you know how like, hard I've tried to come up with a system for food addiction recovery? I'm like, this is no. not why <laughs> why right like oh this worked for me and it should it, it's hundred no, it's not because like people are raised in different environments. Right. People have different experiences. So it's really a tailored approach of yeah, you need that individualized approach of there's not a system that can heal you but you have to learn how to heal yourself but you can't do it by yourself yeah yeah if you're doing it and if you're doing it by yourself you're i'm not saying that you can't be it the the chances of you being it's like almost impossible now to realize you're just like missing out on a whole other level of joy and it's not sustainable long term right it's yeah i mean we're not meant to be alone either like you were saying there's so much science on the importance of having people mm-hmm. around you um there's a study about it with food like someone who felt isolated was they were more hungry 
than someone who was in community with someone. Yep. So that's so important. So having the support, addressing the root cause. I mean, and would you say that, like you said, every time you enter to a new level, there's some other root that kind of rears its head and you get to address that. Would you agree? Right. So this is, it's all about the fitness, right? It's so the emotional fitness of this all. And that's the practice. As you start moving up, we are going to have to be more resilient. You're going to have to go out and do courageous things, right? Um, and you're going to have to understand that, hey, these things are going to come up. So we, we get prepared to do that. We have plans for, oh, this is this story comes up. We need to we need to learn how to regulate in that moment so we don't dysregulate completely. But then we need to start investigating. Okay, this is a behavioral that I, I want to change. What is this? This is just a survival mechanism, right? Your survival instincts are going to come up, right? So survival instincts are or patterns are going to be like you have this feeling in your body, and then you go and watch binge watch TV, yeah, or like. That thing right before you go and go to your cupboard to go eat and self-soothe, like the self-soothing behavior is always the survival pattern because you feel in threat. So understanding, uh, is this a rational threat or is it irrational threat? And is this a rational fear or is it an irrational fear? And most of our fears, 98% of our fears are irrational. And so it's, it's, this perceived threat based on our experiences, based on some sort of dysregulation, but understanding that this is just something that's saying, oh, pay attention, right? We can change that story of like, maybe this is a sign of, I need to pay attention. What do I need to pay attention? This is, we wanna start changing fear into, like, that's what we wanna focus on. That's our compass. That's what you have to deal with. And until you deal with it, I'm gonna keep coming back up. And the more you avoid me, I'm going to keep getting louder until you pay attention to me. And if you're not going to pay attention to me, well, I am going to give you a heart attack so you finally will pay attention to me. But until you pay attention to me, like, I'm just going to, I'm just going to in, turn up the volume. Yeah. Right. So it's, it's finding those survival patterns and, and realizing what are they? What are my survival patterns? What are my triggers? What situation are they environmental? How do I now start talking to myself differently? Like cognitive behavioral therapy and the top-down modalities aren't bad. You're saying you can't work on self-talk and positive thinking until you've done the emotional work and the somatic work so that your body's on board so that when you say, hey, I'm going to change the story, now your body's like, okay, I trust you. Mm -hmm. Right? So, and understanding that, okay, on the next level, what survival patterns should I be aware of? What are the red flags? Mm -hmm. What are the triggers that are going to cause me to drop into it? Like, am I hyper aroused? Am I hypo aroused? How do I use breath work to get me regulated so that I can do something? And then do I have the support necessary to be able to take on more challenge load? And if I don't, how am I going to get it? So this, you see how like, yeah. <laughs> you, you can't even do it. You can't do it on your, your own. And it's really difficult to do it on your own. You almost get overwhelmed. Right. I mean, it's really hard when you're in it, like someone else can see it 
from up here but when mm-hmm. you're in it you're in it you know and it's especially if you're so unregulated you're, that voice in your head is just going to keep telling you I mean me personally how much it's not possible and you know all this negative things so yeah it's and I'm just having so many ahas right now <laughs> too yeah. like it's yeah it's it's having those conversations and, and understanding what all your different parts and that most of the time where a lot of our pain is coming from is because we said this part of us is not allowed here anymore. The shame, right? Or the, this, like I've got to overcome the guilt or the disappointment or not being accepted. Like you can't be along, belong here. Mm-hmm. But when we start talking to those voices, like I'm, you know, I'm not good enough or I can't do it. And you say, Why? And, and not in a judgmental way of like, I'm going to change you. Just being like, what is it? What part of you is talking? Where is that showing up in your body? How does that feel? And then like, what does it need to, how can you include it? Because that's all it's asking you to do is just being like, can you, can you pay attention to me over here? No, shut up. Yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah, that's where we get in trouble. So it's like, when we start just giving some compassion to those parts of us that are scared and just saying, what would make you feel less scared? What Mm -hmm. do you need? And then listening to that intuition saying, it's going to tell you exactly what it needs. And you're like, Oh, okay. And then we either express that outwardly and say, Hey, I, I need this type of support or, we use that parenting version of ourselves as high version say, what can I give you right now to give us the courage to be able to do it? And then, and then you bring it along for the ride. And then when we, and then we take action, we have to make it real. Our nervous system requires us to give it evidence and proof. Cause a lot of that resistance that comes up, all those voices that come are saying, we know it's going to happen. It's going to happen the exact same way. So we have to go and take courageous, imperfect, messy action. And it's going to feel like, oh, my God, I'm going to die. Yeah. And like, okay, it's fine. Oh, my God, I don't know what I'm doing. This is so scary. And then you're like, okay, I got this. That's what success feels like. It's like, oh, shit, I'm going to die. And then like, oh, I'm uh, I'm okay. And like, oh, shit, I'm going to die. Oh, shit. And that happens on a daily basis. Like, oh, fuck. (laughs) I'm screwed. Everything's, everything's going crazy and I'm, I'm dead. And then I'm like, wait, wait, I guess I'm, I'm doing better than I thought. Right. Right. So it's understanding like sitting in that tension and that's just like working out a muscle, right? It's the ability to gain strength over and be in tension over a period of time. We can do that in, in our feelings can we sit in that tension and be like, oh, this is scary. And then now have find that positive story on the other side of it. What lessons did we learn? Right. And now we can doing that over and over and over again, feeling that scary feeling over and over and over again until it's not scary. And then going and finding another scary feeling and feeling that over and over and over again until it's not scary. Um, that's how we, that's how we, keep moving and I think a lot of I mean would you say a lot of that for me like honestly the 
the thing that I know I get to do that I'm scared to do is go do that inner work and address those root cause. Things. Why? Like, is oh, that part oh. of the doingness that you're talking that about? Like I know cold water exposure oh, I mean, and other things that scare us, but for me it's like sure. it's not like a conscious like oh I'm too scared like I don't want to go there. It's more like it's more like just avoidance of I just rather not do that right now. <laughs> does that make sense? Yeah. Like yeah, no, it totally does. Like we, no one wants to go and do it, and that's free have to kind of lean on have a try to find a different perspective of where are you dead in your life right now and what is that costing you what's that costing your family what's that costing you in your career what's that costing you in your coaching business and and trying to really feel like that you're holding your the pain of of all of that like you staying stuck and dead right, right? and and re, like relapsing over and over and over again chronic health issues and and you can we can be addicted to the suffering yeah like we build the chains of our own suffering and then we start to love the chains that we're in instead of like breaking free. And so it's, it, I, that's the, that's a really difficult part with any type of, it's just the initial fear of going into it. Right. Um, it, yeah. You, and it, you have to be ready for it and you have to be willing, right? You have to be able to willing to feel that contraction. We can't gain strength until we're willing to feel weak. We can't get smarter unless we're willing to feel dumb and vulnerable, right? So it's these, our willingness to experience life's opposites that, you know, we're not actually dumb. We're actually gaining knowledge. We just don't perceive it. We just feel dumb or we just feel weak. We just feel broken. We just feel scared. But in actuality, that's exactly where you're supposed to go. So if you can hold in it, right? And that's where it's like, doing that work in a safe way, having a safe practitioner who makes you feel safe, right? It leads to some unbelievable experiences that can propel you further than you thought. So like, just the same way, like I saw how nervous you were to go into the water, but I made it into a part where you felt safe enough and trusted me enough where it's like, okay, I'm going to let go and be vulnerable and once you did you're like holy shit this is amazing yeah right yeah so it's 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 being vulnerable enough to go into that and and to experience it and just that it doesn't have to it's not dissociating from it it's just depersonalizing mm -hmm. just go and ask start asking yourself and like you don't have to put your identity so much into that emotion or what you're going to find. You can just say like, what happened? Oh yeah, that did happen. Does that have to make you feel bad? No, it can just be facts. Mm -hmm. It can just be facts. And then, and then 
you can start feeling those emotions and doing that in a safe environment and, and to be able to delve deep. I think that's, I think that's the biggest thing that you can do is find that safe person to be able to go there, to yeah. go deep with and to just let it and allow your body just to feel the way it needs to feel. Right. And, um, and, and then you can, you can kind of start uncovering and then start, that's the process of healing, just letting yourself feel without any judgment. Yeah. Mm, that's so good. Yeah. I've, I heard once, I don't know where I heard it. Like anytime you're experiencing pain, whether it be physical, mental, emotional, like what are you avoiding? Mm -hmm. Because that is what is, that's a sign. Like it's all, this whole conversation's about is like those symptoms that are showing us the parts of us that we get to give our attention to and heal and it's I just keep reminding myself it's it's never ending it's never ending there's always going to be something else but the longer we put it off right the bigger it gets the more painful it gets the more and it's interesting because I feel like you know like you said you can do enough positive affirmations and you can read enough books to kind of like numb it out a little bit but it always is going to keep coming back until we really mm -hmm. address it yeah yep. and and it's 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 tough with addiction and i think everyone's addicted to something at some level whether it's social media, food right it's 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 just coping yeah but it's really difficult for our, our brains are on that path of instant gratification yeah. at the cost of long-term goals and what we want to desire so we have to start looking for long-term, like delayed gratification for long-term results and, mm. and finding that pleasure in the process and stop worrying so much about the result. Because if you just focus on the, the process of itself, the byproduct becomes the result. And it doesn't matter how, it just matters that you're moving right? That you're, right. you're, our, our ideas about how fast we should be doing it and how quickly it should come. It's all irrelevant when you just focus in on like, and have fun and enjoy the process of learning and learning about yourself and bringing together yourself. And then all of a sudden, one day you wake up and you're like, Oh, like I get to look how far that I've come. And like what that's amazing and so like the result just becomes a byproduct of consistent you know action and consistent trying over and over and over again and like and every time we fail every time we have a negative thing happen to us we can learn something from it and we can start seeing that as an opportunity to learn that's what's going to give you that purpose and resilience moving forward and building resilience is seeing those negatives as, as, as not negative, but like, Oh, this is an opportunity. This is an opportunity to learn. This is an opportunity right now to what would my higher version self do? What would be like my perfect version of myself? How would they handle the situation? And then you do it and it's going to feel like crazy because your nervous system's like, I haven't felt this before. <laughs> and, um, but ha like 
But once you start doing that enough, you're like, all of a sudden you become the higher version. That's where the spirituality and the science are starting to meld is, is you're embodying your future self into the now, because that's who you're talking to. And you're like, that's where you're, that's where you're asking your wisdom is like, what's the ideal? What do you, what do you want me? What, how would you handle the situation? And then they'd be like, well, you should probably do this. And where we get stuck is when we're like, no, I don't want to do that. And it's like, fine, then you're not going to get up here. (laughs) Yep. And it's like, and that's our nervous system being like, come on, wake up. Let's go. I want you to do this. I'm too scared. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm still going to tell you and tell you until you address it, until we start acting, until we start changing and not indulging in those feelings, right? Not giving the power to our voice, to those old patterns and just start seeing them as just like, it just is. They just, those things are just that way. The right. cold doesn't have any meaning, right? The situation doesn't have any meaning. I'm putting the meaning behind it. And if we can learn how to respond that differently, you know, now we can make a different choice. That's where your power lies. Yeah. That, that choice, that meaning point, we can make that different choice. And that's what's going to huge results, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if, if these things weren't supposed to be here, they wouldn't be here. (laughs) You know, and that's, that's truly what surrender is. And that is, that's a very, um spiritual conversation and it it takes a lot of practice and understanding the concepts but I've experienced firsthand how real it is like you said having those conversations with your higher self and when you actually listen to it I mean I'm rewarded greatly every single time and then when I don't listen Mm -hmm. to it I'm just more miserable and that's what I tell Mm -hmm. people I'm like I don't have the answers for you you do my job is to support you in actually listening to what your higher self is telling you to do, because that is your path. That is your unique journey. I don't have the same journey as you. Yep. So yeah. that's a beautiful conversation of surrendering to what is, because if it wasn't supposed to be, it wouldn't be. And then trusting that inner guidance. But the more that we avoid listening to the inner guidance, like you said, to, but our higher self will never give up on us too. And that's the beautiful thing. And that's, that's what makes me feel better when I'm struggling. It's like, I always have this divine guidance, God, whatever you want to call it. It's always there for Mm -hmm. me. We're never alone. Right. And then, like you said, finding other humans who have a connection to their higher power and can teach you and show you and lead you and guide you and support you on your journey is so important that that faith and that higher power whatever that is to you is is super important because of like how does a drop of water become a wave can it become a wave all by itself no and if we and a drop of water by itself just ends up evaporating right so we have to have that that bigger meaning of of togetherness of, of, a, of that higher power of there, there's something more, something, a bigger, something that's bigger than you. That's kind of helping us along. 
it's also it's also good to know that like don't give your power away like surrendering to the ups and downs right. is really important but don't give your power up just like oh you know it it is what, what it is what, it is what it is like what is what it is, is is a good thing to say but like don't you know oh, this didn't happen for I'm trying to think of it like you've got more control over your reality than you think you do yeah and so don't yeah. give away all that control you know oh, the universe i didn't get this because the universe isn't meant for me no that's bullshit like you can go create it go and find the, the universe is going to bring you opportunities to be able to do it and those opportunities are going to be scary as shit right i mean so i believe if an idea or a thought comes to us it's because it is meant for us yeah it's like, right are we willing to do what we get to do to have it happen because we get to up like sometimes when we have like I have so many visions for my future and like and I know that they're meant for me now sometimes I doubt because I'm human but I'm aware that I get to like become this next level of myself to, in order to have that experience and then how I get to that next level is to experience the hard shit that's scary as fuck because that's going to expand me into the person I get to be to have that thing that I desire. Yep. Yeah. We have to let go of who, who we, who we have to be, right. You, you can't be an Oak tree. If you're at some point, you're going to have to break out of the shell of the seed. Right. And at some point after that, when does an Oak tree identify as an Oak tree and stop identifying as the seed? Yeah. So you first have to like stop identifying as a seed if you ever want to become mm. a tree. Man, stop so identifying cool. with your past. Yeah. Because you're leaving, like you have to be you have to start being the tree before you are the tree. Mm. Wow. You have to start identifying as the tree. So that's and that's difficult as well. So like so what's keeping you in your in your little seed shell? You're never <laughs> gonna go anywhere until we break out and take those risks. Yeah. Yeah. Such big, important conversations. Okay. Well, so if you could give people a couple action steps to take right now, they're like, okay, I'm ready. I'm ready to get to that next level. Sure. What do we do? With, with me or with, with yeah, I mean, in general, how can, okay. How can we work right. with you? If, if, and then, right. so, you know, what else can we do? Oh, perfect. So, <laughs> if you want, I'm taking on one-on-one -on -one clients right now. So perfect. you can go on to coldwatereffect.com. Um, I am just launching some, I'm building out some courses to get people on how to start with cold water immersion, how to start regulating their nervous system, basic kind of introductory approaches. But I am taking on one-on-one -on -one clients to go through this integrative model, this, this functional model, this support system of you know bringing our past our present and our future together and aligned and attuned using these modalities to do that so if you're interested in more information about what that, that looks like and um you can go on coldwatereffect.com you can uh email me there you can message me on instagram uh which is at coldwatereffect and um but it's expanding every single day. I'm hoping to get some group coaching stuff put together and um, join the wait list. Give me a follow. 
And, uh, but if it's really resonating with you and just want to learn some more, like go and set up a, a, a free phone call with me on my website and or on Instagram and we can just have a discussion, try to get you to see a breakthrough. Right? That's what I try to do and, and um, get you on the right path and giving you that support. Thank you for that. Yeah. I mean, I had one session with you and I cannot recommend, recommend it enough. I actually would love to get a group together here in the area to do something. Uh, or all, If you're in, if you're in um, the Lake Geneva area, I believe it's the end of July. I am doing a fundamentals of cold water immersion workshop. It's with Clearwater Outdoor. It's going to be in Lake Geneva. It's at the end of, I think it's the 21st. It's a Sunday in May. And um, it's going to be a four-hour workshop, understanding your nervous system, uh, techniques in cold water immersion, the benefits, how we can optimize it. And then we're going to be doing a, a group dip into Lake, uh, Lake Geneva. Like literally, it's, it's like 20 bucks which because I'm partnered with Clearwater Outdoor, I don't charge $20 for a four hour session. So um, I'll, I'll post that today on my website. So if anybody wants to take a look at that, if they are in the area, you can, um, you can sign up for that. And, uh, but that, that gives you a, there's another opportunity there to come and learn and, and get into an experience right away. You said that's at the end of May. Okay. That'll be like, well, that, what, at what point does Lake Geneva get too warm? Do you know? Um, I, I don't know. Okay. I, that's what I was kind of, I'm bringing ice baths as well. So if, if the lake is too warm, then, then we'll just do an ice bath. Yeah. Okay. Uh, like it, it doesn't like you can be, as long as it's like under 60 degrees, you're, yeah. you're going to get that. Whoa, this is cold. This is scary. Right. Right. I have people messaging me like, oh, mine's set at 39. <laughs> I'm like, okay. <laughs> there are so many people in this space who are very righteous about how to do cold exposure. <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's definitely a, a modality that's taken off because of how effective and how accessible and how easy it is. Um, and, and yeah, there's a lot of people who are really gung-ho about it. I'm pretty gung ho about it, yeah. but um, I try to give you some real research-based information about cold water immersion, how you can apply it. Like, no, I don't like the competition aspect of it. I think that's right. where the direction I don't, I'm not a fan of, of, you know, the yeah. Insta bros kind of like, look at me and going to 32 degree water. Great. Right. Like it doesn't matter what matters is like I'm having an anxious response and I'm coming out of it and I'm now I'm calm. That's what matters. That's it. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, and you can kind of see how it's almost aiding into uh, well, that's not very healthy, is it? Right. Right. But well, there's a one last yeah. question. I have people yep. ask me a lot. Um, like are cold showers just as effective and, and or cryotherapy. Um, the research on cryotherapy is sparse. Um, yeah. Same with cold showers. It, and the reason why you 
why ice baths are better is because the full body immersion in the water actually really sucks out the heat from your body and really gives you that, uh, that response that you're kind of looking for. Cold showers, the physiology that's kind of different with cold showers and why it's not studied is because it's really hard to control for temperature mm -hmm. and really hard to control overall exposure. So yes. what a good shot, a cold shower is really good for is that like it, you have to, you activate your system over and over and over again. Right. So you're getting a, a sh it's coming on your front and then you got to like turn around and I was like, Ooh, that's cold again. And then you got to keep turning around and around and around. So it just takes a little bit longer. It's a little bit more work. You have to be aware of the activation and the breath work to like really get into, um, into that meditative space. It, it, it's just a little bit more work, but it's great for activation. It, you're going to get all that adrenaline, those neurotransmitters, um, the practice of just doing it, of just like, oh, I'm scared. I don't want to do this and getting rid of those defenses and doing it anyway, doing something hard. And um, you're, it's just more hard to get your body into like that calm kind of Zen place with a cold shower. But other than that, it's got all the same effects to it. You just got to right. work for it a little bit more. Yeah, that makes totally total sense. I've not been able to get to the calm state with the cold showers. Yeah. No, it, so it just becomes like, like you're just reactivating that system over and over again. So it's just like, oh, come on. <laughs> I have people say like, oh, do cryotherapy. It's easier. And I'm like, well, that's not the point. Like it's supposed yeah. to be difficult. So right. Awesome. right. The, the, the point is like, for their cold water immersion, like it should scare the living shit out of you. Yeah. Like if it's, it, and if it doesn't scare you, the water's not cold enough. So in your cold shower, like if you're not like, oh, this is, I don't want to, like, I'm scared. I'm getting panicky. Like it's not cold enough. So it's, it should be a little bit of an anxious response. And then, but you still feel safe where you're actually doing it. What matters most is that you're doing it. You're doing something, right? Absolutely, so, yeah not detaching and you're not running away. So whether you're doing cryo or cold showers or full on immersion, if you just want to get started, just do it. Even the first 10 seconds and yeah. you're, and then continue gradually increasing. Um, yeah. But it should, it should, it should make you scared a little bit. Like that's the whole point. <laughs> Can we be scared? And then, can we come back into regulation? Can we start having that relationship with our nervous system? Awesome, Paul. Well, That's, thank you so much. I could talk to you all day long. I know. I know. <laughs> I could talk about this all day long. Yeah. So, yeah, guys, check him out. I'll post all the stuff he mentioned in the show notes, his website and his Instagram. Definitely give him a follow. He's He makes very inspirational content with his getting in. Like, you still do, like, Michigan, like, every day, right? Every, every day um, there, we do have a Facebook group um, in Milwaukee called resilient MKE, like Milwaukee cold water club, where I do some trainings, but we're right. growing and we do that every single day um, and multiple times a day for some people. So we're, we're growing this thing big. So there's always going to be some opportunities to be a part of a community. 
Super cool. Awesome. Well, thank you. And we'll have you on again because we'll, we have so much to talk about, but thank yeah. you for coming. <laughs> yes. You're welcome. All right. All right. Guys, was that episode not pure gold? Paul is such an incredible human and I could literally talk to him all day. We kind of did. We were on here for several hours. We were chatting before we hit record and then we stayed on after we hit record and he is just such an awesome person to hang out with and he truly is a healer. So definitely please follow him on all social media platforms that I'll link below. And if you're in Wisconsin, if you're in Milwaukee or anywhere else in like the Southern Southeast Wisconsin area, hook up with him, do a cold water immersion experience. He does breath work. He provides such an incredible experience and he also does coaching. So if you're, you need virtual, he does that. I cannot recommend him enough. So follow him everywhere. Go pump him up so that he'll show up more on social media. We, we need to hear more of you in the world, Paul. So I also want to fill you guys in on something super exciting that I have coming up. I, I'm collabing with my friend and mentor, Wilma McKenzie. We, for the last six months, have been hosting a group coaching program where month to month we do different workshops inside this group program. And then every single week we have group coaching calls where we discuss that month's topic and then we also provide coaching and, and accountability throughout the month. And oh my gosh, the transformation that has been occurring in this group is absolutely incredible. I am so inspired by what we're creating. And it's so cool to say that we have created a program and it's all about the inner work. I say all the time that food addiction recovery is like 2% food and 98% mindset work. And I truly, truly mean it. The results that these, these women have experienced is absolutely incredible. And we're so excited to announce that we are opening it up again for a new group of women to join and go on the journey that we've taken the this other group on over the past six months. So we're going to be hosting a live intro event this month on June 17th on Saturday at 11 a.m. Central, where you can come and it'll be extremely valuable. It's an opportunity to dip your toes into the inner work and you will walk away feeling empowered and clear on how to incorporate the inner work into your life. It's a $7 event, so it's a total steal. And it'll also give you an idea if you want to join the group coaching program. So I'll link all the details for that below as well. And I'll see you guys next time.